Well, hello there, everybody. I know some of you and some of you are new faces, but I'm so grateful to be back here and to worship with you and to read God's word with you. Um, so let's pray this morning as we come to scripture and <coughs> our time of worship. Oh God, we thank and praise you. Lord Jesus Christ, we honor and worship you. And Holy Spirit, we invite you. Thank you, Father, for every single person that is in this room that represents the gift of life that you have given. Thank you, God, that they are dearly loved people and that you know them so well. Thank you, God, for your word, which is true and changes us and challenges us and transforms us. And so, Father, we come to you and, and we submit our minds and our hearts to you this morning, asking you to fill us and keep changing us and turning us to you. In your name we pray. Amen. So again, I'm Carrie Jaycott. What a wonderful welcome from my good friend Tim. And I'm just so thankful to be here with y'all this morning. Um, I work in Owatonna, Minnesota, about an hour from here, where my husband and I live with our children. And we, we got a new dog. I wish I, had, I wish I had sent a picture. Both of our, our elderly dogs died this summer, and we, we got this crazy mini Australian shepherd doodle who is like, I don't know. We went from having two elderly calm dogs to a dog that it's like its tail is lit on fire running around the house at all times. So that's what we have going on. Her name is Daisy. She would terrorize the sanctuary, I'm sure, if she were here with us this morning, but she's not. So anyway, that's our family, and I'm a psychotherapist, and I work at an inpatient alcohol and drug addiction facility in Owatonna, and I'm also a covenant pastor. So that's, that's a little bit about me, and I'm thankful to be here with you today. So uh, when, when Pastor Tim had asked me to speak about this time, he said, just talk about something that's related to gratitude and thanksgiving. Well, that's quite easy. It's kind of hard to know where to, where to zoom in and, and where to stay because there's so much we can be thankful for and so much that we can tell God thank you for, and especially this week of thanksgiving. Um, so I, I was thinking about it, and I wanted to show you a book really quick that I highly recommend. It is Max Lucado's book, Anxious for Nothing. Highly recommend if you are looking for a, a good book that is very applicable to our time right now, um, I think this will fill you with some good thoughts to think about. And if anxiety or worry is something that you battle, I think God will, will work through this book quite well. Um, but during the week when I am doing my, I call it my day job as a psychotherapist, I hear a lot of people talk about anxiety and worry. I would say probably 80% of therapy sessions are me listening to people relate um, future-related anxieties and worries or present anxiety worry and what to do about that. And so that's something that I listen to day in and day out. And up until about a year and a half ago, I felt like a real hypocrite because I did not know what anxiety felt like. I had this moment, I, was, I remember when I was in graduate school thinking, I feel like a complete fraud because I don't know what it, it's like to feel anxious. Well, that was until about a year ago right now. Um, one of our colleagues, um, Brian Ulness, um, came down with COVID last winter, and, um, and there was something about his illness, and probably it was the first person that I knew that became really ill, and, and between the Caringbridge Post, my husband and I were talking about this yesterday, all the Caringbridge Post and, and everything that was coming, and all of a sudden, I was filled with this terrible anxiety that I'd never experienced before, and it was paralyzing. 
Um, it was also about this, a perfect storm when every day in a therapy session, I was getting a text message from a, a patient saying, oh, sorry to tell you, I exposed you to COVID. And so then I was literally testing every day to see if I had COVID. So um, through our good friend COVID, um, I came to experience anxiety about a year ago. And, and I hate to say this because, and again, my husband and I were talking about this when we were walking, I'm glad and I'm not glad. Because I'm glad now that I know when people come and tell me how terrible this is, I'm like, yeah, this is, ho- this is horrible. And I'm so sorry. Because I know what this is like now inside. Um, and I'm not glad because it is horrible. And it's a, it's a battle that people fight every day. And, and it was funny, too, because it was a test, I think, on Thursday for what I was talking about today when um, I had a patient, one-on-one patient. We, we see patients one-on-one. And... Um, I got an email four hours later saying he had just tested positive for COVID and he was leaving our facility and going to quarantine for 10 days. And I had this wave sweep up over me. I said some words I'm not proud of saying. And, um, and I had like five minutes of just terrible worry. And then I was like, okay, God, you got me through this. You've gotten us through this. We're going to be okay. And so I, I, I recognize right now that no matter what it is in our world right now, we are battling something that is stealing our peace, stealing our calm, stealing our joy. And so as Christians, we have this wonderful gift of Jesus Christ. It says the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And if you know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you don't have to stay in that worry. You swing back to another pendulum of peace and calm and, and that firmness of knowing that no matter what is happening in this world, that he's got us and he is in control. And so I come to you today in, in humility, acknowledging I'm in this with you. And this week is such a wonderful week for us as Christians and Americans because we have an intentional week set aside to be thankful and to focus on gratitude and then thanksgiving. And so that is where God wants us at all times 24-7, not just the week of thanksgiving. So I invite you to be with me in that today. Um, in Max Lucado's book, Um, anxious for nothing. In chapter 9, it starts out, think about what you think about. And and we say that a lot in therapy, that the things that you think about are the things that you're going to think about. That's going to be your focus. That's going to be the place that you dwell. And so if our minds are on the things that we are worried about and concerned about and fussing about, that's where your mind is going to be. But if you move to the other side and you look at these hands that I invited our children to look at, and you are reminded of the things that God has told us to praise him for, be grateful for, and focus on him for, that is what you are going to think about. And so I invite you to be there with me this morning. Um, so first, first slide that I want to um, just show you is just speaking to the tension with worry and gratitude. That is just a place that we are going to live as human beings every day. God knows that he made us. And he also knows what our minds are able to go to and to think about. And so it's so important that when we go to God's word, Jesus says, therefore, as he's in the the whole context of Matthew, talking about prayer, talking about fasting, talking about your money, your treasure, and then he comes to worry, which is very applicable. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you're going to eat or drink. And we pause there. It's like, okay, but God, we need those things. But he says, do not worry about them. Acknowledge, yes, we need them, but don't worry. Don't focus on them. He says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? 
And then we have this reminder as we look outside every day, like we have these fat little birds that sit on our porch every day. I call them, um, I call them the squatters because the squatters were in my geranium pot this summer. The mother made a nest. Did I, I might have ranted about this. I don't know if I did. I felt like I ranted. One day this summer, I saw this bird flying back and forth, back and forth from our porch to this tree. And I'm like, what is going on? It was excessive. I thought, this bird has lost her ever-living mind. No, she made a nest in my geranium pot and killed my geraniums because I couldn't water the poor geraniums because she was in my pot. And I looked in there, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't be so mad. She made a nest, and there's eggs. And so I, every day I'd look over the edge, and, and so I, I affectionately called them the squatters because they, they took over my geranium pot, and, and pretty soon the squatters were born, and we have these five birds now that, that went from the squatters, and now I, I hope they have their own home and they're not squatting on somebody else's property. But um, the squatters are on the deck every day, and my husband Dan feeds them the nicest bird seed ever. And so I'm reminded of how if God so takes care of birds... If God so takes care of the flowers and the fields, so much, as Jesus says, will he take care of you? And he reminds us, are we not much more valuable than they? And he also admonishes us, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? No, we cannot. And then he tells us, don't worry about your clothes. Be remembering that even as Solomon, who was clothed in so much splendor, was not even dressed as beautifully as one of the flowers of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire. And he says, don't worry about what you shall eat or drink, because that is what the pagans worry about. And then he tells us, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things are going to be added to you. And then he reminds us, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. A commentator said this, do not be anxious is more accurate than take no thought. For there are times when Jesus counsels prudence, but anxious is still not strong enough. The idea that is presented here is you must not be distracted by cares. It's remarked in Mark that the cares of this world choke the word. The cares of the world choke what God has put into us, our ability to praise him and thank him. And here Jesus uses the argument from the light to heavy, which is so often employed in his teaching. If God has given life, which is so much more than food, will he not give the lesser gifts of sustenance? It's so important to think about this. As, as pastors, we can testify that anxiety over daily bread, over the things that, that God knows that we need, can be paralyzing in its effect on our religious life, on our ability to worship God and praise him and think of him. And it's imperative for us as Christians to come to terms with our creaturely existence if we are going to know how to pray. We must face the fact that the standard of living and health cannot be made absolutely secure, and we must learn to humbly trust God, that he will give all that is needed. The saying is therefore a commandment, and perhaps the most difficult for us to obey, because the worry is in our minds. You know, the battle is in our thoughts, and, and nobody can do anything on the outward about that. It's all in the inward. And the difference is that Jesus does not share the Greek philosophical ideas like the soul is far superior to the body and the body of the possessions. It's the idea that, the, that our life and our mind is significant. And it's important for us to understand Jesus' teaching. It's the pure will of God that his children should be free from anxiety, but they can obey the commandment perfectly only in the kingdom of God. 
It's so important for us to remember that Jesus wants us to be free from that anxiety and worry and to praise him. So I want you to look at some clinical, a clinical understanding of um, worry and anxiety, as I encourage you today. And this is, um, this is where I deal in the realm of the day-to-day. But worrying is a form of thinking about the future, defined as thinking about future events in a way that leaves you feeling anxious or apprehensive. Clinically, excessive worry is the primary symptom of generalized anxiety disorder, and worry is defined as drawing a distinction between real event and hypothetical event. Worry and describes a continuum of normal to excessive. And so it's important that we don't shame ourselves and, and we're reminded that, you know, God, God made us. He knows that we're going to have cares. He knows that we're planners. He knows that we're going to want to take care of our families. You know, he wants us to be responsible in the things that he's called us to be responsible for and of, but not to place worry in that. Not to place um, the, the inability to not trust him or not come to him for those things. And that is where the tension lies. Um, almost every week when I teach a mindfulness class, I, I tell my patients that you cannot be worried and be thankful at the same time. It's actually impossible for your brain. It's really important to think about, I can't be depressed and be grateful at the same time. Your mind is going to go to the grateful. And so it's really important that it's the simplest practice is just to know, as I thank God, as I praise him, it drives out worry. It drives out depression. And that is where we come to gratitude. Gratitude is the opposite of worry. Gratitude is an emotion, one that makes a person feel happier. Gratefulness is also a mood as well as a personality trait. Did you know that, that, that we have certain people have a trait that is more grateful than others? I thought about that. I'm like, yeah, that is true. There are people that are more grateful than others. Gratitude is also a spontaneous feeling, but increasingly research demonstrates its value as a practice that is making conscious efforts to count one's blessing. So there's gratitude and then there's thanksgiving. And so we come to what is biblical thanksgiving because, again, this counteracts any worry or anxiety that can come. And it's the Hebrew word yodah. It's acknowledging what is right about God in praise and thanksgiving. And it can also mean a right acknowledgement of self before God in confessing sin. Um, I did a deep dive into all the, the um, well, not all, I, I had to stop at a certain point because time limited all the ways that I found in Scripture where this thanksgiving word comes out and it it's, keeps coming out to extend the hand, extend the hand. And so I've thought about the very first time that I was in worship um, as a student, and this is you know, a long time ago, but I had this, this realization of how grateful I was in that moment for God and for the song I was singing. I remember the song, but all I could do was put my hands out. And so that is where, um, when people raise their hands in church, and my dad, my dad criticized people like that when we were younger, and he called them the holy rollers. But, you know, I think about this, when we have such love and such passion for God, and we are thanking him in our, in our whole being, there's something in us that wants to extend out and say yes and, and agree with that. And that's where that Hebrew word comes, yoda, extend the hand, praise him, acknowledge him. And it is so important as we practice biblical thanksgiving in this next slide that with intentional greatness, gratefulness to God that we focus on. And this is where we come to what the apostle um, Paul was exhorting us to do in the letter to the Philippians. Is that when you are struggling with worry, when you are struggling with anxiety, maybe it's, 
Maybe it's the things that are all wrong in your life and you can't seem to find anything good. That is when you come back to your hands and you remember my hands were given to me by God to do work, but also to extend and to praise. And then you come to this, um, these words from the Apostle Paul and he says this, and this is what I'm going to ask you to focus on as we close and worship today. Maybe as you look at your finger, little finger, think about right now in your life, what is true? Take a moment, what is true? God's love for you is true. Take a moment, of your, moment right now to think about what is noble about me or about God or about something in my life right now. Take a moment to pause and think about what is right. What is righteous? What is righteous about God? What is right about this time in my life, this hour? What is pure? Take a moment to pause and be reminded of what is lovely. I see our children back there just hanging out, enjoying, and that is lovely. What is admirable in your life right now? What is an admirable trait about God and his love for you? What is excellent? And what is praiseworthy? The Bible tells us that we are to be thankful to God for his goodness. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good as love endures forever, Psalm 136.1. We thank God for his loving kindness and we are reminded of his love for us that never ends, his faithfulness. We're reminded to thank God for our local church and the ways that we serve God and love him together as a family. Paul tells the Colossians to act toward one another in love and unity because Jesus has established peace and because we are all part of Christ's body, we should be at peace with one another. And then he tells us to thank God for everything in his word. In Ephesians 5, 19 and 20, it says, Sing and make music from the Lord. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and to give thanks in all circumstances. So I close with you this morning with this, to think on these things, giving thanks and praise to God, not just the week of Thanksgiving, but every day. If it helps to combat worry and anxiety, remember that God is in control. He tells us, do not worry and do not be afraid. And as we do that, if, if we can put first the praise of God and the thanksgiving of God, and as Jesus admonished to seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you because God cares and he knows what you need. Let's pray this morning. God, I thank and praise you for the reminder that you have made our minds so powerfully and, and so um, intricately. And Lord, some of us, we have been either taught or conditioned to worry more than others. And Lord, we just submit our minds to you. We submit um, maybe the habits and the patterns that we have gotten into that take away the ability that we have to trust you and to seek you and to try to sort things out for ourselves or just to allow ourselves to be in a perpetual state of worry and anxiety. 
Oh God, forgive us for that. Lord, I just pray that you would rewire our minds, that as we praise you and, and we um, create new neural pathways and, and a new reward circuit that gives us that good dose of dopamine that you created in our minds, Lord, that we would be changed from the inside out and we would start to praise you and to thank you. And when we are tempted to worry, Lord, we will just come back around to say, no, Jesus, you are good, you are in control, and I can trust you. And I lift up every single person and I'm young and old here today and ask that you help us with that. Thank you for this week of Thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen.